Amen. Thanks, Andrew. Good morning, everybody, from wherever you're checking in. Um, I know the Grahams in the Daintree, welcome, but I know from all over the place, um, it's great that we can gather like this together as the church. Um, As Andrew said, I think God is doing a new thing in his church, and we're going to explore more of that today out of the book of John. Um, I agree with Andrew. I've been watching lots of Olympics. Can't believe we're nearly done. What I love about this, um, I reckon every lockdown there needs to be something like the Olympics has been good. Um, But I I love seeing the passion that's engaged in people that actually is from an internal passion, but you see it physically. You see it manifest in people's lives. You see the way that that people are so passionate about winning gold or even competing in a final, even being an Olympian. There's something inspiring about that kind of passion. I love it. What I want to explore with us today in John chapter 2 from verse 13 is this concept that Jesus is passionate. Jesus is passionate about the temple so that people believe. And we see that in this passage. Jesus is so passionate about his temple so that people believe. And let's pick up the story. It's in John 2 from verse 13, and it says this. It was nearly time for the Jewish Passover celebration, so Jesus went to Jerusalem. In the temple area, he saw merchants selling cattle, sheep and doves for sacrifices. He also saw dealers at tables exchanging foreign money. Jesus made a whip. Can you picture this? Jesus made a whip from some ropes and he chased them all out of the temple. He drove out the sheep and the cattle and he scattered the money changers' coins over the floor and turned over their tables. Then, going over the people who sold the doves, he told them, get these things out of here. Stop turning my father's house into a marketplace. Talk about passion, exclamation mark. Can you picture Jesus doing that? And then his disciples remembered this prophecy from the scriptures, which is Psalm 69. Passion for God's house will consume me. But the Jewish leaders demanded, what are you doing? If God gave you authority to do this, show us a miraculous sign to prove it. All right, Jesus replied, destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up. What? They exclaimed, it's taken 46 years to build this temple and you can rebuild it in three days. But when Jesus said this temple, he meant his own body. And after he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered he had said this and they believed both the scriptures and what Jesus had said. Now, I don't know what your picture of Jesus is, but I bet it's not a guy with a whip in his hand driving people and animals out of, out of the temple courts. Um, it's an interesting picture. And it shows us that, that Jesus has this passion deep inside about his father, but about the temple also that's meant to represent his father. He's passionate. He's really passionate. And in this story, you can see that Jesus is kind of entering Jerusalem. He's preparing for this annual celebration called the Passover. And it's a celebration of of a long time ago when God's people were released from slavery in Egypt. And as God brought 10 plagues on on those kind of nations, the 10th one was the death of the firstborn. Pretty significant. But as God does, he makes a way. If you smeared the blood of a lamb on the doorpost, 
the, the death angel would pass over your house and, and your firstborn was saved. Life was continuing. Um, pretty full on. It's interesting that as Andrew's explored a couple of weeks ago, one of the names of Jesus is Lamb of God. He takes away the sin of the world. And the verse says, you know, John goes, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. That's why he's called the Lamb of God. It's even referenced right back to then. That now because of the blood of Jesus, Jesus made a way. And we might die physically, but certainly not eternally. We have life and life to the full and life eternal. And so many Jews still celebrate Passover now. It's, it's significant. Um, we often celebrate communion together. And it's because we celebrate that Jesus gave his life, his blood. And, and he gave it for us so that we can have life now and eternal. It's a beautiful thing to do. In fact, while I think of it, can I encourage you this week... Maybe tonight, around the dinner table, with whoever's with you, even if you're just by yourself, can I encourage you to just remember Jesus like that. Take, take whatever you can use as bread or, or a drink and remember Jesus' blood and his body that was given for you to take away the sin of the world. It's a beautiful thing to do. So in this story, Jesus was heading to Jerusalem for those kind of celebrations and he saw what was going on in the temple and in the temple courts. And what was going on is there was people in the temple courts that, so you, back in those days, you had to bring an offering for forgiveness of sin. Like, that's not our culture now. We don't have to do that. Jesus was the one-time sacrifice for all of our sin. Praise God. But then you had to bring these sacrifices and people would travel and they would actually turn up to the temple and instead of bringing an offering, they would purchase one. Now, according to the priest, that was an allowable thing to happen. But like often we do as people, it gets out of control it becomes a point where people were benefiting financially and are absolutely abusing that. And Jesus sees what's going on. And because of his passion, because of a temple being something that represents his father, and he sees that people have turned it into a marketplace, there was a justice issue. There was a passion that existed within Jesus that had to make that right. And we see that passion. It's interesting, the definition of passion, if you just Google that, it's interesting. It talks about a strong and barely controllable emotion. Or how's this? The suffering and death of Jesus. Like that's at the heart of passion. We see it in the Olympians. We see it in Jesus. He was totally under control though by his emotion. But he was letting it out because he was passion. There was justice. There was anger. It's all part of passion. And to make it right. He's, Jesus is passionate about the temple so that people believe. You know, it's not the first time. Jesus did this twice in his, in his earthly ministry. This, this scenario here is probably in the early part of his ministry. Jeff spoke about his first miracle. It was just after that. And he cleansed the temple. That's what it's known as. It's like, we've got to make it right what's going on in the temple of God. We can't turn it into a marketplace. People are profiting financially. It's never meant to be that. And you know what? He did it again a second time, probably in the last week of his life. And he, the same thing. So it was an ongoing issue that Jesus had to keep going. and actually, So probably three years apart, twice he cleansed the temple. It's an interesting scenario. And not that I want to read too much into this, 
But it's interesting that right now in our current pandemic and restrictions that we can't meet together in what many people still in our current day consider the church or the building or the temple. We can't do that. I can't help but think that now is a prime time. It's a prime time to actually make sure that we can cleanse what is going on when we gather together. Like back in those days, like people were actually benefiting financially and abusing that. Like I don't see that going on much, certainly in, in the church. But you know what? It's an interesting time to stock take and go, why would I gather as the church? Why would I do that? Am I coming to actually benefit from that? Is there something that I'm going to consume out of that? You've heard often in the Western church talks about a consumer mentality. Am I going to get and receive? Or actually, is this a time where we can kind of go, let's rethink, let's be the church, let's gather as the church so that we can serve, as Andrew was talking about and Jeff was talking about, so we can contribute, so we can host people, so we can gather together as a family, so we can go and be missional in all the ways God has us to be missional. It's an interesting thought. My hope, I think that's one of the things God's doing. And you know, our language has changed to our gatherings on a Sunday. Like because we want to come and be part of a family and to feel like we're equipped to actually go and be missional for Jesus. Because it's not about the building. It's not about the temple. It's not about the church. In fact, Jesus clears that up and he goes, you know what? Um, I'm going to prove it to you. You destroy this temple and I'll rebuild it in three days. And obviously they're thinking buildings, buildings, buildings. And I think way too often now we think buildings, buildings, buildings. Jesus was talking about his body. Jesus was talking about himself being the temple. And when you think about a temple, what's a temple? Well, a temple is a place where God dwells so that people can meet God. That's what a temple is. It's a place where God dwells so people can actually engage with God, meet with God, understand God's character and who he is. And so right there, Jesus has this pivot, this shift and goes, you know, for, for ages and ages and ages, it has been about the temple. And that's where God has dwelled. And that's where you can come and bring a sacrifice, get forgiveness for sins and meet with God. But as you know, Jesus was a game changer. It was a one-off sacrifice. The old covenant was completely accomplished and he established a new way, a new covenant, a new promise that says, if you believe in me as Jesus, you, you, are, you are in the family of God. You're completely accepted, completely loved. You belong, completely forgiven, all because of my sacrifice. So Jesus switches it. They didn't understand until after he died, but he verbalizes that, hey, I'm the temple. It's actually me. I'm going to make a way. I am God. I'm dwelling here. It's an interesting shift. So it's a good question for us. I think way too often we still think that our buildings are a temple. Where they're not, they're a place where the church can gather. Really, even thinking of our facilities like Bensville and Tumby, they're like a community centre. They're a hub of life in the centre of our community of which Jesus is the centre and where people, people can come and meet Jesus here. But you know what? Even our language needs to shift. Too often we will say, you've heard us talk about this, we're going to go to church on Sunday. Well, you can't go to something that you already are. Like you and I as believers in Jesus are the church. A building's just where we meet. 
You know, Jesus did a lot of his ministry outside of buildings as he went. He connected with people in those kind of ways. So our buildings aren't a temple. They're not a church. God's people are the church, a worldwide church. Jesus goes, well, I'm on the temple. Destroy this temple three days, I'll raise it up. It's interesting, maybe... Maybe a revisit to the movie The Passion of the Christ could be a good thing. Obviously, it's not one that you want to watch with your kids. <laughs> they have to be quite a decent age to engage with the reality and the horror that, that it kind of grafts. But we see the passion of Jesus in his language. We see the passion of Jesus in his actions. We see the way that he declares that he is the temple, not the building. And he lays down his life for anyone for the world, for anyone in the world who's born into this world. The Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Now see, it doesn't stop there though. Jesus declares it's not about the building. It's about me. It's about Jesus. He says, I'm the temple. It's interesting that we wind the clock forward and in the New Testament writings, it actually takes another shift. And you see in 1 Corinthians, it talks about, Paul talks about, says, don't you realise that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God. You do not belong to yourself, for God bought you with a high price, so you must honour God with your body. Do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's Spirit dwells in you? That is a significant truth that exists right now, present day, that talks about you and me. So in our heritage... In the heritage of the Christian faith, the temple was about God's presence with his people. In Jesus' day, Jesus came and says, actually, I am the temple and I'm going to give my life because I'm God and I'm going to give it for you. And then in our current day, God sends his spirit. He places it within you and me, which makes you and I the temple of God. And I would still say today that Jesus is passionate about his temple so that people believe. It's just it shifted where you and I are the temple of God. Now, God doesn't say that you are a home or a house for the Spirit. You are a temple of God. He places his Spirit within you. I don't know what that does for you. How do you feel about that? What goes on for you when, when you realise the truth as a believer in Jesus, you have his spirit in you and you are his temple. It's pretty amazing. You actually represent God wherever you go. The classic verse that talks about the salt of the earth and the light of the world, that God flavours and the God colours. God does that through you and I, through his temple and he's passionate about it. That can be anywhere. So you can see it's not, about, it's not about a building. It's not about being in a temple or in a church. It's about you and I authentically living and engaging with people as the temple of God. And Jesus is passionate about that today. You can do that anywhere. You can absolutely do that anywhere. It's interesting, Chris Davis, I don't know if you know, he's in hospital at present. Chris, you may be watching, I know you're that kind of guy who you just still keep trusting in God and, and if you're watching, there's so many people praying for you, mate, and will continue to do so. Um, but I know that, that even Chris in a hospital bed 
is the temple of God. And mate, you carry the presence of Jesus right there and you can have an influence and impact for the kingdom of God in that space. That was Brad Baker's story. I know Brad engages. G'day, Brad. Your story of being in hospital, the way God used you to have an influence and impact in people's lives was incredible. Because we're the church. We are the temple. Jesus is in you by His Spirit and we have an influence and impact for the kingdom of God. In fact, I love the verse that says this in Romans 13. It says, it talks about clothing yourself with the presence of of God. It says from verse 11, This is all the more urgent for you know how late it is. Time is running out. Do you sense that in this pandemic? I do. Urgency is lifted. Wake up. For our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is almost gone. The day of salvation will soon be here. So remove your dark deeds like dirty clothes and put on shining armour of right living. It goes on to say, instead, clothe yourself with the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. And don't let you think yourself about ways to indulge your evil desires. That's a beautiful concept. That we can clothe ourselves with the presence of of the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, I have that verse in my wardrobe. I put it up there a long time ago um, and I pretty much just glance over it and don't pay any attention. Occasionally it catches my eyes and I'm reminded that, that I have a responsibility to clothe myself with the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I want to do that. I want to clothe myself. It's like there's an internal presence, the Spirit of God's in me, but then I have a choice to bring that out to an external appearance, to an external visibility that that I have the Spirit of God in me. And so I have a choice to clothe myself with His presence and actually be the temple of God. I, I am that, you are that, we are that together so that I can have an influence, so you can have an influence and impact for the kingdom of God because we are His temple. Because today, Jesus is just as passionate about His temple so that people believe. But His temple's you and me and wherever God places us. Um, Andrew, I loved you talking about Nicola McDermott. What a legend she is. Central Coast girl, that makes her a legend. Um, But I'll tell you what, to see her... She was a standout for lots of reasons, but her presence, her smile, her her way, like she radiated joy. I don't know if I saw any other athlete do that like she did. I absolutely believe she's made a conscious decision. She says, I'm in the temple of God. I'm a carrier of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to actually live that out authentically. And because of that, there can be just this amazing influence and impact we can have. Um, so you can see the smile of Nicola. We've got that on the screens. You can also see that she actually, after every jump, wrote in a journal. Did you see that? Have we got a picture of that on the screen? She wrote in this journal. What I loved about that, there was this journal that was all about her high jumping, but it was all about God at the same time. One journal that captured her life. And I don't know if you can see on that screen, if you could zoom in, you could actually see that red writing next to the cross. I saw it live. It was about surrender. Like she, she lived that. Um, what I loved about that was her, her engagement with reporters after her jumps. This is what she said. If you haven't seen this, you need to jump online and actually check this out. Um, 
because I didn't televise it that well, had to watch it on 7 Plus. This is what she said. She said, I'm going to keep putting, I think I've actually got it on the screen actually. Um, I'm going to keep putting in 100% because this is just like a little bit of encouragement for the one person watching that anything is possible when you you have faith, then I've done my job today. She continues, as a teenager, I was always an outcast and I got, well, say this publicly, internationally, and I got welcomed into a faith community that loved me. I remember encountering God's love and it changed the way I thought about myself as a misfit. It gave me passion and purpose. And I think in 2017 is my big moment when I flicked a switch and I decided to pursue God over sport and whatever comes with sport is a bonus. But, but I'm already complete and perfect in love regardless of it. How good is this? That has just allowed me to soar over every high jump bar and not be scared anymore because I am loved. That is the most important thing. Nicola understands that she carries the Spirit of God and that she can and is an influencer for the Kingdom of God. She represents Father God and actually people can come to believe from her testimony, from her life. I loved it. Highlight of the Olympics for sure. Now here's the deal. You don't need to be an Olympian to be an influencer for the Kingdom of God. You don't. You can do it out of your home. You can do it in your neighbourhood. You can do it in your workplace. You can do it as you go in any way that God has you. You carry the Spirit. You are the temple of God. That's God's way right now. That's why our mission is to partner with Jesus to build up His church. He's doing it and He uses people like you and me. What I love about this passage is it lands at belief. It actually lands at belief that says, you know, that they realised after Jesus rose from the dead, they believed in the Scriptures and what Jesus said. That's the season we're living in. We're living in after the time that Jesus has died and conquered death, risen again and sent us His Spirit. And so the punchline is, You and I are the temple. Jesus is passionate about his temple, which is us, a sanctuary vibrant with life. We spent a year on that as one of our focuses. He's passionate about his temple so that people believe. They believe that Jesus is who he says he is and he's done what he said he's done. That he is God. That he gave his life, the Lamb of God that took away the sin of the world. But the temple now is you and I, all believers over the world. It's the church. It's not even about one group of people meeting together as the church. It's about the church worldwide. And that's why I love Andrew bringing that encouragement about God's up to something in his church. And we want to play our part in that. And we do that by understanding and aligning ourselves and engaging with the truth that God lives and breathes through you. You and I are his temple and he continues his mission in his world through us. We want to say yes to that. Um, If you haven't checked out Jeff's podcast as we bring this to a close today, it's a beautiful thing. 
um, I've loved doing that this week, something different, and I've really enjoyed that. And I love how um, Jeff and maybe others will be part of this, but I love it when he says this. He says, be aware of the fact that God is aware of you. And that's just a beautiful thought. To be aware that God is aware of you. Now, he's aware of you because he's got his spirit in you. He knows you. He loves you. He knows exactly what's going on in your life. He's with you always. It's his promise. And God is not only aware of you, he's passionate about you. He's passionate about you because you're his temple. We are his temple. Jesus desperately wants you and I to represent him in a world that desperately needs him. He wants you and I to understand that we are his way. We are his way to represent him to the world. And we do that authentically as we go so that we will see people believe that Jesus is who he says he is and he's done what he said he's done. To finish today, you would know that you've heard us talk about this lots and we will keep talking about it because personally, I want to see this integrated in our way as Coast Community as we take responsibility together for our part in the wider church. And that's our mission strategy. We simply want to follow, gather and go. It's that simple. It can look complex as we do that, but we simply want to follow Jesus personally, understanding that we are the temple. We are his way to represent himself to people in the world. It, it happens through you and me, but we're called to follow him personally, daily to engage with him. Because we are his temple, we are his voice, we are his body. So we follow. We gather together as a group of people of the church gathering together. We don't gather to get. We don't gather to benefit. We don't gather to receive. Although all of that happens, but it's not our motive. We actually gather together as a church, this time um, through technology. But when we can, we gather together to actually host people, to contribute, to serve, to pour out. And in the serving, God brings the miracle like we're talking about. And we gather together as a family so we can encourage one another, so we can be equipped to go as the temple of God and be missional. And that's just authentically being you as a Christ follower in all the places God has you, intentionally and spontaneously. We follow, we gather, and we go. And my hope is that in this season, we can take the opportunity to almost cleanse our temple, to actually go, Jesus, what is within me that shouldn't be there? Is there ways that I think about life or the church or me that don't align with your truth? And God, with your passion, I pray that you would remove that. <coughs> You'd remove that from me. And even in the way that we gather, that we would gather together in a way that gathers as an expression of the church, as a community where we are family and we actually gather to contribute, not to receive. And like I said, we do end up receiving all kinds of things, but it's not our motive. We step in to gather so that we can go. We can go and be the hands and feet and the life and the message and the hope of Jesus. 
But it takes a conscious decision that says, I want to be that. I want to clothe myself with the presence of the Lord Jesus. I want to actually engage with the truth that I am part of his temple, a living, breathing temple. Jesus is passionate about that. He's passionate about you. He's passionate about me. He's passionate about us, that we can effectively represent him well in this world so that people believe. I don't know if you picked up on the urgency in some of those verses. The time is now. The time is now for the church to rise and be authentically His temple in His world. So as I close, can I encourage you that we, we love and serve a passionate God. He's passionate about you. He's passionate about His church. He would do anything He can to remove anything out of the way so that we have a path to represent Him well in this world. And can I encourage you in a fresh way today, this day, if you're a believer in Jesus already, can I encourage you to follow Him really well intentionally. Change some habits. Get some practices that actually engage you well with Jesus daily. Try it, experiment, freshen it up so that we can gather. And when we do get together, even if it's really small, if we start gathering in people's homes again or, or larger, that we gather and we step in to encourage and to serve and contribute and host so that we can be missional in all the ways. And like Andrew said, God's doing that now. A pandemic doesn't stop the mission of Jesus. So we follow, we gather, we go. Jesus is passionate about his temple, which is you and me, so that people believe. Maybe today is the day that you choose to believe. If you're checking in and maybe it's one of your first times or you've been checking this out for a while, my hope is that today there's a revelation that you have personally that Jesus is who he says he is and he's done what he said he's done. He's done it for you and he's done it for all humankind. Praise God. Let me pray. Father, I thank you that you're a God who knows us, loves us, sees us, is aware of us and is passionate about us. We are so thankful, God. Lord, I pray, God, that we would actually catch some of your passion. Lord, it'd be a fire within our bellies that we can be passionate about you, passionate about your church, passionate about being your temple in this world. Help us to live that out. God, I pray, God, that you would use us in any opportunity we have from an international platform like Nicola in, as an Olympian or in our homes or in our streets or in our neighbourhoods or in our shopping centres. Lord, I pray, God, that you would use us to have this real positive influence and impact in your world as we embrace the truth that we are your temple, that we carry your message of hope and love and help us to do that physically, visibly, audibly as we go as your church. And I pray that through all that, God, you'd receive all the glory for all of that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.